0: This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church podcast. Good morning.
1: Sorry we were late. We had a parking issue today. Hopefully you can hear me. Hopefully I'm on the right. Am I on the right one?
0: I am checking as we speak.
1: Yes. All right morning, everybody. Sorry. We, uh, like I said, we had parking issues. Caleb's apartment was having a party. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, also had to drop the kids off. So good morning. Um, in true 2020 style, it's, it's been a crazy week. Um, I had a really rough Tuesday, you know it's the strange thing about depression is is it's always there, you know it always rears the ugly head, and uh I know Caleb you can see the headphones there he is <laughs> has dealt with it a little bit this a bit, yeah. this, this this month at least mm-hmm. at least, but everything that's going on with him and yeah Tuesday I just had a really rough day I just the depression hit and it's just you know it's weird when you have these these long stretches of of feeling good and doing well and then the depression kind of hits and I think the anxiety of having your worries come back and the depression come back you know when you've got when you've gone through a long stretch of being okay it's, it's very scary um But realizing that it's just part of life and being grateful that I went through things like DBT to prepare me for for that and and deal with depression. So I can't recommend dialectic behavioral therapy enough. I can't recommend therapy enough and good friends enough um, because it helps when those dark times come back. And and I share this just because I want you guys to know that, you know, you're not alone. And we're not alone going through this time together. Um, It can feel overwhelming at times um, when the whole world feels shut down. So I just get, you know, we will go through it. And so you're not alone. Um, We'll go through it together. Share our experience, strengths, and hopes. We can do that here, online with each other. (sighs) Instagram with each other. And, uh, heck, we might even pick up a phone every now and then which for me, my phone sometimes feels like it's a thousand pounds when I need to make a phone call, you know, like I don't reach out like I should. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, talk to each other. It's good. I love you all too. Um, so we lost, uh, lost a, an amazing human being, uh, yesterday. Um, that was tough. Um, John. Oh wow, gosh, why am I forgetting his last name right now? Lewis. Yes, Senator John Lewis passed away yesterday. Thank you. And uh, that was was a tough one for me because I've always felt like John Lewis was was such a a such a gentle spirit, such a such a gentle, kind spirit. Of, um of the civil rights movement like he, he carried this 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 truth with him of of fighting for civil rights fighting for equality fighting for a better humanity in such a gentle beautiful way um, he was a congressman out of Atlanta Georgia you know of course was marched with King and was a very young man when he was marching with King and I think he was arrested over 60 times um, for what he believed in and continued to be arrested when he was a senator you know and um, I don't know there's a, there's a documentary about John Lewis that I really recommend you guys check out because um, you know he did this what he called good trouble you know and um, I don't know he was just a hero and, and gave me Incredible amounts of hope that I could do my work in 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 a way that kept integrity, kept love, kept grace as a part of of my work. You know, for always to to stay true to who you were and not let the fight make you bitter. I remember when he did the prayer breakfast, and he told uh, President Trump to love his enemies. And you know, Donald Trump laughed and said, "I'm trying," you know, but When someone like John Lewis tells you to love your enemies, he means it, you know. He was beaten and and, and hurt and watched his friends murdered and killed and and hung and and still loved people, still found that there was a hope to change people, to lead people to real repentance. Um, A repentance that that would cause people to see the error of their ways and saw them as victims of misinformation and was a true example of what nonviolence can do. Um, Some people criticize him because he became a senator, but what they don't realize is so much part of that time in the civil rights era was, was these guys were reaching out to politicians and reaching out to going into politics to make a positive change because they realized that's where change happens and he became part of a really great change a really positive change and uh i i hope his life will continue to be a light and a beacon to hope to challenge us all to cause trouble but good trouble and to expose the injustices that are already there um you know, because the people said, you guys are troublemakers. And they're like, we're not causing trouble. We're just exposing the conflict. We're expo- exposing the issues that are already there. We're just bringing them to light. We're bringing them mm-hmm. to surface and making them clear mm-hmm. um, so the world can see what's happening. And in the 1960s, the world got to see what was happening. And with, with John Lewis, we continued to, to, uh, he continued to bring truth and hope. And I was really grateful that he lived to see the impact that George Floyd's death had on this country and to hear him talk about it and to say, you know, I I watched him speak about how moved he was when he saw how how the diversity of the protesters, you know, he said the diversity of the protesters moved him so deeply. And I think for some of us who are younger, we take that for granted, you know, but saying, seeing, you know, white people and Hispanic people, Indian people, people from, you know, India, people from India, Native Americans, you know, uh, Latinos, you know, seeing all these different people, March together He said he was just Beautiful And he said You know to, to notice that We've come a long way And we still have A long way to go um, but God he left us With a great roadmap To live by And uh, I'll always be Internally grateful For that man And, and we stand On the shoulder Of giants And uh, And uh, You know Let's not forget Senator John Lewis Let's celebrate his life And um, Please check out That documentary believe it's on netflix and um i think it's available almost anywhere and uh, let that be a beacon of hope and uh, check out some of his talks on youtube because they're really beautiful and amazing what a gentle loving soul may we all find that type of empathy and spirit to uh to bring true justice to this world we definitely need it because this is such crazy. The world is in a crazy place right now. Yeah, the world is is insane. You know, and we have a government that is cannot uni- unify us. That seems incapable of bringing us together as Americans. That sees one side as the enemy and the other side is, is you know, as Americans. And the truth is, we're all Americans. We're all in this together, and uh, it's up to us now to, to remind each other of that and to figure out how to start good trouble that might bring conversations and hope and unity to this country some way. I mean, it doesn't seem possible, but people like John Lewis had hope for that, and I hope that we can continue to carry that on. And that we don't become so short-sighted that we only remember these little moments and times that that we, that we seek out the wisdom that history brings to us. We seek out the wisdom of people like John Lewis and people like that who, who, who who remind us of what the past was Mm -hmm. and how we can learn from that past. Um, I've just started reading a book, um, about the punk band um, Stiff Little Fingers, and you go. What does that have to do with anything? But it talks a lot about the troubles in Northern Ireland and the conflict that they had between um, Catholics and Protestants, and the war that continued on there for for so many years. And uh, you know, it reminded me that you know that they you know in the late '90s they they had a peace they had a good the Good Friday. Uh, agreement, which was a peace agreement, and you know that was a country that seemed like was so divided that there would never be peace, that there would never be unity, and they found a way to reach that, and um, I think that's another great roadmap for us. And, and the reason I keep bringing these things up from the past is because I think we've got to learn from the past. We just have to not be short-sighted. We have to remember where people have come from and learn to respect that and honor that and learn from that so we can go forward with not just what we've learned from our short time on this earth but we can learn from what our parents our grandparents our great grandparents so many people have have taught us and shown us um so I'm 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 going to take from everything I can you know I'm going to take from the peace process in Northern Ireland you know I'm going to take from John Lewis I'm going to take from Martin Luther King I'm going to take from Malcolm X and I'm going to see these roadmaps that they've given us and these positive things that they've taught us to go forward. That's what I do with the Bible. You know, There's certain things I take from the Bible that I feel like move us forward as humans and, and make it through this human experience that has a lot of suffering and a lot of pain um, in order to move us forward as, uh, as, as a world of humanity. I think there's a better way and I see so many of you I know so many of you who are fighting for the world to be a better place for this country to be a better place and for this you know for us to have a have a better world and I'm glad to be a part of that I'm glad to be a little little cog in the machine you know and, and, and some philosophy and theology and history in the the Bible Faith and different faiths, you know, grabbing those together and moving forward. You know. So, you know, let's do that. We continue to do that work. Um, so anyway, one of the things that it's this is a little strange talk I gave wanted to give today, and it's such a nerdy talk. So if you're not a nerd, you might want to change the channel. Um but I, I, I think of some weird things sometimes yeah. um, especially at night when I'm laying in bed mm-hmm. and the thoughts go winding through my head and so I was thinking about Star Wars and I love Star Wars, I grew up watching you know, Star Wars that was the video you know, we put on cartoons for some of us for our kids, my parents put on Star Wars and I was always obsessed with Han Solo. I liked Han Solo because he was the rebel. He was not, you know, he's like, I don't know about this thing. And he thought that, you know, oh, all this Jedi magic is a bunch of crazy tricks. All I need is mm. a good blaster. And he was super cool and always running from Jabba the Hutt, who was, you know, because he had a bounty on his head. And princesses liked him. He mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was cool, you know. Yeah. So I was like, this, is, cool. the, this is the guy I want to be. Like when me and my friends would play Star Wars... You'd always have to call out who you wanted to be first. Yeah,
0: you had to call well, dibs.
1: Yeah, and everybody would call out Luke Skywalker. I'd be like, Han Solo! So, you know, I was always Han Solo. I'd be like, Chewie! <laughs> everybody gets... Somebody yeah, everybody. always get stuck being Chewie. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so, you know... But anyway, so I would call out Han Solo because I thought Han Solo was the coolest. Um, but I, was, I also liked um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ben Kenobi. And so here I was up the other night thinking about this and I was thinking about Ben Kenobi and Luke Skywalker because I was like oh Luke Skywalker is kind of whiny I I don't want to be Luke Skywalker and so I started thinking about Luke Skywalker and Ben Kenobi and I started thinking about grace and I started thinking about the church and so I started to think about Ben Kenobi as kind of a pastor a mentor, like, like the type of mentor you'd want to have, you know, because mm-hmm. he was charming, and he was he was he believed in you, and you know, here Luke was this young kid who didn't know anything, and um, so let's go through this just real quick, and then we'll do a little talk, and then we'll go on with our Sunday. Um, so Ben Kenobi trained spoiler alert Anakin Skywalker spoiler alert who became Darth Vader um and they were close friends and they were like brothers and matter of fact if you watch that scene in
0: uh in the third one in the
1: third one where he where him and him and Anakin where Ben where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker fight it's really emotional and sad and at one point Ben Kenobi's like Anakin I loved you (laughs) you were like a brother to me. You That's were supposed good. to stop the Sith, not join them. There's pretty my impersonation. Good, pretty good. Yeah. And, um, Use that on your reel. <laughs> and so, you know, they have this conflict and and, and, and Anakin is disillusioned with the Jedi and it's this, this crazy thing. And anyway, all hell breaks loose. Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Uh, Ben Kenobi ends up moving to um, I know this is crazy so it's super nerdy so I don't you know if you don't want to watch this I I get it Um, or listen to this Um, but Ben Kenobi moves to, to, to Tatooine where they put Luke Skywalker as a baby to be raised by his aunt and his uncle and nothing happens until a new hope Star Wars and eventually they find each other and Luke decide I'm giving you the really quick version. Luke decides to go follow Ben Kenobi on a on a crazy quest and to become a Jedi. But when they meet, Luke finds out about his father, but he doesn't find out who his father was. Um he just knows that his father was a Jedi and that that he was killed by this by another pupil of Ben's called Darth Vader. And so they decide to go on this crazy trip to do that. And then, so they end up going to the Death Star and to save Princess Leia. Really, Princess Leia saves all them. But anyhow, they show up to the Death Star and Ben has done a little bit of training in the like ten minutes of training in the in the Millennium Falcon with him. But Ben and Darth Vader meet again. And Ben loses his life, becomes a force ghost to Luke Skywalker. Now, here, you know, and Luke Skywalker goes, no! You know, and they all run onto the ship and get away. Um, but the reason I'm thinking about this is because I've just never thought about Luke Skywalker as, as a reformer of grace and love. But I've, I've often thought about the Darth Vader thing being an example of grace, but I, I never got it. So... You go through this whole thing, and then in the second film, uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, we see Luke, he, he goes to to Dagobah to meet um, Yoda. Mm. And um,
0: all oh, my Star
1: Wars impersonations. Yes, that Yoda. Jedi Master Yoda, who we're all surprised as a little green guy. Um, and they meet meet on Dagobah and he gets more Jedi training and what happens during the Jedi training is Luke senses that his friends are in trouble and he also realizes that he's going to have to fight Darth Vader still not having any clue who Darth Vader is he has a vision of fighting Darth Vader and cutting Darth Vader's mask off and it's his face in there and so he's like what does this mean you know "I, I don't know what this means and he he knows that his friends are in trouble, so he tells this Jedi Master to Yoda, "I have to leave. I have to go save my friends." And he goes, "No, but you have to finish your Jedi training. You know, you're going to be in trouble if you if you do this." I'm I, I watching the numbers of views go down. Um, I like explain Empire Strikes Back. So, what I think is interesting is that Luke. Skywalker is drawn to not pass the training. He he knows being a Jedi is important, but he realizes his friendships and the people he loves are more important than his destiny. Like his destiny is important, but he says, I've got to I've got to go save my friends. I'm sorry. I'll come back. I've got to do this. And so he goes to save his friends and his friends are in super hot water. Han Solo's frozen. All hell is broken loose. And he ends up running into Darth Vader where they have a fight. And a uh, pretty emotional fight. And in this fight, Luke loses his hand. And um, at this point, he's down and out. He's hanging on to a, some sort of space thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some sort of space pole. Yeah. And. The old space the pole. The old space pole. You know what I mean? Classic trope. <laughs> and. And uh, Darth Vader goes, Obi Wan never told you the truth about your father. And uh, he goes, I know you killed my father. And Darth Vader goes, No, I am your father. And, you know, he screams out, no! And this is the big twist, right? And uh, he goes, search your feelings. You know it to be true, you know? And he realizes, like, he's been lied to by Yoda. He's been lied to by Ben. And, you know, in him, this is... This is all, like, everything he's believed. Everything he's been told in these, these movies... Was was not true, and how many of us have been and grown up in the church and had our mentors and people, things like this, not tell us complete truths or hide things from us that might hurt us? And so, I looked at all of a sudden as Luke Skywalker, here's This you have this disillusioned young guy who's being told that the whole, you know, world, the whole universe. Is, is resting on his shoulders, shoulders, the salvation of the universe is resting on his shoulders. Yet, uh, those who are training him to, to do this have not been honest with him, have not told him the complete truth. And so, fast forward to Return of the Jedi, um, Luke's saves his friends, saves Han Solo, and then goes back to Dagobah to finish his training with Yoda. (laughs) Yeah, Darth Vader's his dad. And uh, goes back to to do this training, and he sees this force ghost of Ben, Kenobi, and he's like, I have some questions for you, Ben. And Ben says, basically, you have to kill your father for there to be peace, you have to kill your father. And, and it's funny because much like the Sith, Darth Vader and, and the Emperor, you know, they believe they're going to bring peace to the galaxy through power. And he's being told he has to bring peace to the galaxy by killing his own father through power, through violence. Um, and Luke says to him, I can't kill my father. And then he goes, well, then we've already lost. That's what Ben Kenobi says to him. Well, then we've already lost. And the scene ends with Ben talking to Yoda, saying he was our only hope. And then he goes, no, there is another. And that was actually, we find out later that the other hope was going to be uh, Leia. Who he finds out is his sister at the same time. What's going on for this poor guy, Luke. I, I underestimated Luke's journey yes. until the other night, <clears throat> sitting in my bed, <laughs> thinking about this for some
0: strange yeah. reason. There's a lot of Oedipus in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 a weird. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a normal story. It's I mean it, it's a good story, uh-huh. and and, you, and that's why it's a good movie is because the story is well done, and um,
0: and there's really cool lasers. There's
1: lasers and there's stormtroopers and Bubba Fit. Um so what what does this mean to us? Well, Luke eventually has to face his father. As a lot of us have to do in a sense. Um even Freud would say that God for a lot of us is a father figure or or, or we try to fill with with religion and with God. Um the, the 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 lack that we have. And so we fill it with religion, but it's this father idea or concept. And so you kind of get this idea of, you know, and I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, you've got to kill God to know God. You know, it's like killing, if you see Buddha on the street, kill Buddha, kill the Buddha. Um, it's kind of a Buddhist concept as well. Um, so Luke is, it, it meets with his, with his father and the emperor is there and says, you know, strike me down. And, you know, the limper is begging to be killed. For some reason, the emperor's really got like this death drive. He's always wanting to be struck down yeah. by someone so he can make them evil. Um, but, but so, so he's like, strike me down, reach for your lightsaber, you know. Become who you are meant to be because they want him to join the dark side so him and Darth Vader can rule the galaxy as father and son. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good gig.
0: Yeah. You know? Emperors, fathers, and son. They still it to be Jedi, they're just evil.
1: Darth and son. Oh, yeah.
0: hey. Darth and son. Yeah. Darth and son. <laughs> All the spaceships have Darth and
1: son on the side. The number. Go, yeah. cool, Darth and son. Yeah. Um, so. Gently used red lightsaber. <laughs> so, Luke grabs the lightsaber, anger gets over him, and he goes to strike down the Emperor, and Darth Vader stops him. And they have this amazing um, lightsaber battle. And, you know, and as he's fighting his father, he goes, I'm not going to kill you. And he goes, well, then you must die. You know, like, Basically, like, if you're not going to fight, I'm going to kill you anyway. And there's a moment where Luke starts to just have this moment of he still feels good within his father. You know, and, and he sees the good in there. And I think we all have people like this in our life. And I think what's powerful about this is if you back up and take a look, especially at like people like John Lewis and Mimel and a few of these other people you know, they saw their enemies but saw good in their enemies that they felt like they could repent and they could change that they could come to a new that they could be that repentance would really work in their life Like like, like there was an idea that that no one was so corrupt that they could not change that there was always hope. This blows me away. I mean, this is I had to kind of deal with this when I was a child, when I was a teenager. I hated Jerry Falwell for so long in my life. And when my father was in prison, there was a chance for me to sit down with Jerry Falwell. And I hated this man. And um, And I didn't know, you know, how to handle it. And he wanted to meet with my father and I thought he was going to destroy my father. And my dad sat me down and went through every verse in the Bible about forgiveness, every verse in the Bible about love. And, um, and then he, there was this book, I can't remember, I don't know if I can remember the title or not, um, but it was about what, who was the coat of many colors? Joseph. It was about Joseph. And, um, there was this book about Joseph and the coat of many colors And I'll put it up later if I remember the title of the book. But he wanted me to read, he read some of this book too about Joseph realizing that he would not be who he was without his enemies and his forgiveness of his enemies and things like that. So I was just like, I was just like blown away by this. And and my dad pushed me to meet with this man in order to forgive Jerry Falwell. So I, I went... And I met with Falwell. And it was a tough conversation. I've spoke about it before. I'm not going to get into it right now. But the point was, is it led to forgiveness. And it was because my father took time for me, took time with me to properly show me what forgiveness really is, why we love. And he did it from the Bible. He did it from a Christian point of view. And it struck truth with me. And it's funny because during those teenage years for me, religion didn't really matter much to me. I wanted my dad home. But when I was with my father, Christianity became real in those moments that we had in the visiting room in the prisons. I, knew I say prisons because we had a, different, a few different prisons that we went to, uh, he went to. But during those moments, my faith became alive. You know, it was like one of those Sunday Christians, but I was a, a, a visitor Christian, so I visited Christianity when I was with my father and had great hope, almost felt like Luke Skywalker probably had it sometimes, that I would change the world, or that me and my dad would change the world together. Now, you might find some parallels with me and my dad and Darth and Luke uh, today. Um, but my dad told me that, you know, the importance of forgiveness letting people go and I did that and my dad met with Falwell and they did some forgiveness now it wasn't an easy overnight thing it didn't happen overnight well, I mean I forgave him but anger came back and I had to do it and I heard harsh things he would say but always remembering that forgiveness was a process for me to continue to forgive and to find an ounce of hope in, in, a, in humanity and, and in people so that changed my life And to be honest with you, those moments, those times, those brief moments of of faith in my teenage years with my dad probably made me out to be the man I am today. So back to uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, Luke does not want to kill his father. And the Emperor realizes that we've got an issue here. We've got a Jedi... You know, who's not a great Jedi, who will not kill his father and will not strike me down. So he's not, Luke all of a sudden decides like, I'm not going to listen to Yoda. I'm not going to listen to Ben. I'm not going to listen to the Jedi Order. And I'm not going to listen to the Sith. I'm I'm not going to be either one. He takes the third road. He takes the grace road. And I just never saw this until the other night laying in my bed, guys, because I was just tired and wanted to not think about other things. So my kids had been watching Star Wars and it just got in my head. And so when when the when when the Emperor realizes this, Palpatine realizes this, he's like, Well, I'm just gonna have to kill him with lightning force. That old
0: That old uh,
1: chestnut. Chestnut. So he's like you know classic and Luke has been like I feel there's good in you I feel your conflict in you his father and his father's a horrible person I mean we could com- probably compare Hitler and Darth Vader that would be one area that we could actually that comparisons not too far off you know and um, and Luke still has hope for his father and when you see Luke dying, from the force lightning we see the change in Darth Vader we see Anakin come back we see that hope in the conflict all of a sudden go like no! and Darth Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him off a space cliff Of uh, <laughs> they had a lot of Really, safety issues in the in the yeah. Uh, in this the, is a big hole. That hey, here is a big hole space. that we didn't really do much with, and so we're going to throw you out into this hole into the yeah. to Death Star. Um,
0: apparently, the hole is there, but they can still breathe oxygen inside of the ship, even though there is a hole out and down. It's like space. Star
1: Trek—you just need a fuzzy blue shirt to or red shirt, or yellow uh, shirt to go out in space. Of course. Um, and it's a really great moment, which. Unfortunately, got edited to say, no, but I have a whole concept behind Darth Vader's nose where he says, no, that really, I think, is beautiful. And I think when Darth Vader actually yells, no, it is Anakin and the good within him crying out beyond the prison of the costume or the body that he is in. Um, So I've always found some beauty in that, even though everybody makes fun of it. Um, Some pyrojedology because he doesn't right away when he first becomes Darth Vader he screams out no when he founds out his 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 wife was dead and um, it's like he can't even scream anymore this body has has crippled him into even screaming out of horror he can't even do that <clears throat> um, the darkness is literally de- en- enveloped him um, I don't even know if that's a word enveloped enveloped his that Anyhow, so here's the thing is is in this story when you see the, the Death Star is falling apart and exploding and his friends are in trouble and they want to blow up the Death Star and they're really hoping Luke isn't on the Death Star and Luke is on the Death Star. He's running to get off the Death Star and he's dragging Darth Vader so there's a scene where you see Luke just like trying to this man who's mostly machine dragging him to a ship. And the idea here is this, if I'm going to be my Jedi, I'm going to be my own Jedi. And for me, and my faith is if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be my own Christian. Mm. I think that's why John Lewis I think if we look at someone like John Lewis, he is an example of what I would consider a Christian. And it's very hard because the idea of Christianity is so screwed up that trying to find a meaning of Christianity is like trying to find, you know, it's like when you say, um, uh, it's just a fully loaded word. It's like um, communism. When you say communism, you usually think something bad, you know, but there's actually good, great concepts of communism, but we just, have all put it bad but so there's different meanings when people say it when Zizek says it he isn't saying like Russian communism or you know China communism he's he's speaking on a completely different level and he's decided to try to reclaim the word and I always fight do I reclaim Christianity or do I not you know communism you know so yeah so he takes a third way and he drags him and at one point Vader says take this mask off of me I want to see you with my own eyes and he goes no father but you'll die and right there, you see the moment where Luke's taken the third way. He's taken the way of restoration and the way of hope. And he's in his mind, he's like, no, we're going to get you on the ship. We're going to restore you, and you're going to become a part of the rebellion. His father knows that he doesn't have any time left, so he does take off the mask, and he dies there. Um, but he's restored as a Force ghost, we'll see later, which doesn't seem fair at all, but it totally seems like a total grace move Yeah, that this horrible person had a moment of repentance, a moment of change in the heart, and he died right after it, and all the bad was forgotten. Not completely forgotten, but but was forgiven in, right. in that was sense. Was covered in grace. Was covered in grace. You know, why is he good to be a Force ghost with Yoda and Obi-Wan? You know, and they're not even bickering when they're standing next to each other. I know, right? You, you think, think that? they would
0: have like at least a conversation you know, like, about hey, that? Hey, you know,
1: the younglings—that so, wasn't cool. Uh, <laughs> that
0: happened. <laughs> um, but Jeez. it's this—it's
1: this—it's this third way, and so it's—it's it's the way of grace. It's the way of saying I'm not going to take what people tell me my destiny is. I'm not going to follow what my religion says I have to. I'm not going to follow what the other side says I have to. I'm not going to have a dualistic understanding of good and evil. I know that there's something beyond this. There's something even beyond the force that is there. And that is hope for a better future, a hope for a different way. And I came to respect the character of Luke Skywalker just a few days ago. Um, And interesting enough, now I understand why people are so upset with the, the, the other ones, like the the last three that came out, because I think it, it goes away from the nature of Luke Skywalker and who he is. Um, but I think what we can see in Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is a Christ figure or a Paulinian figure, if you will. And, uh. And I think the way we can see Luke as a Christ figure is too is seeing how people saw God as this judgmental God who smoted and smited everyone and tore people down and then Jesus comes along and goes, No, there's another way. And it's not it's not Judaism and it's not this way, because there was no Christianity, but he's saying there's another way. You know, you've heard the law say this, but I say that. You've heard it say kill your neighbor or pluck out their eye, and he goes, No, I say Your enemy. I say love your enemy and forgive your enemy. So you're able to kind of take a look at this and see like Luke Skywalker becomes an actual really, he becomes a reformer and so I'm calling this talk Reform of the Jedi because I really believe that that's what Luke Skywalker was and and honestly I think that if this talk could have been around when A.J. Abrams was writing the new one I could have been like, hey J.J. Abrams and been like, hey J.J. Hold on, you got to look at Luke as a, as, as a reformer, and I would have liked to see more of his Jedi training and how he trains Jedi's outside of this this rigid system, you know, where they were like, we are protectors of peace. Going like, no, we're going to create peace. You know, we're not going to just protect the peace that's there. We're going to make a better peace. You know, we're going to make a peace where Darth Vader can be restored. You know, we're going to make a, a a peace where the Sith can change, where we don't have to kill them out of fear but that we can have hope that they can change and join a better future. And, you know, it's complicated, you know, but it just takes away that good and evil, that whole thing of good and evil away from it. I honestly, I wish I would have had more time to, to work on this talk and, and maybe I'll do a, a sequel or a prequel to it.
0: But I have a thought based yeah. off, based off of your uh, observation about Anakin being restored, because I never really thought about all the grace that went into that. I just kind of figured it was like, oh, happy ending kind of thing. But um kind of reminds me, like, you know, the Old Testament gets a really bad rap, and rightly so. You know, there's a lot of really, really bad shit and ugly shit and incestuous shit and murderous shit that goes on in the Old Testament. But, like, you think of, like, the heroes, quote-unquote, of the Old Testament. You think of, like, David. and and But then if, if you were, like, chilling with David in heaven, you'd be like, you know... Um, What about the whole Bathsheba thing? You know, there's plenty of really, really ugly stuff in the history of our heroes. You know, of of the ones that we think that that were that were righteous men and that walked with God. You know, but there's uh, such detailed descriptions of their stumbling and of their shortcomings. And so, I think that if you if you read it in that way, then the Old Testament really can be uh, a good, you know, a, a, a good example of grace.
1: Well, I think that's you can go back to that example of 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 looking at the prequels of of, you know of Star Wars, where you kind of had these Jedi's who felt like they had to restrain the Force, like they had to keep it, they had to keep all the dark out. And there's other in some of the other books, there's this thing called gray Jedi's that kind of move in the middle. Yeah, sure. uh But they felt like they had to control it, and I feel like the church, we often feel like we have to control grace. We have to control God. We have to create a building, put God in a box, put God in a, a God museum is what I feel like churches are half the time yeah. and, um, and control it. And so we get our theologies and we control it. And if our theologies don't match, we, we create another group and start another denomination and do another theologies. But for, for the Jedi, they were the keepers of the truth and it was very rigid. And, and this was how you did it. Anakin did not follow in that way, and he fell away. Um, But Luke, very much like the father, said, I can't follow this rigid way of religion that tells me I either have to kill him or all is lost. There's got to be another way. Dualistic thinking will not work. And I think that, what that's saying to me, what I'm saying to you today is, how do we get out of dualistic thinking? I mean, look at... Conservatives, Republicans and Democrats, and look at the dualistic thinking and look how it blinds us. So, and sometimes it, it, I think in the prequels, you see the blindness of the Jedi's and you see them making distant choices, and you realize like some of those choices led to everything going to hell, you know. And I think that dualistic thinking has led us to a bad place to the point where, like, my some of my conservative brothers and sisters are outraged right now that there were secret police in Portland, you know, pulling people off the streets in vans, you know, because we've become so blinded by our own team and our own group and our own rigid rules that we think, well, our side must be right and, and there must be explanation behind that. And, you know, and then the liberals go like, no, this is awful. We were right. And this, you know, but there's something that says, no, there's something beyond this. How do we look at human nature? How do we get into being human? and seeing each other as humans and recognizing injustice in our own parties. For example, I was a huge supporter of Bill Clinton um, when I was a kid, a teenager. And I voted for him the second term when I was able to. But strangely enough, more African-American men went to prison under his watch and under his laws that he created. Prisons became twice as packed than it did with Reagan. You know, but for me I was blindly following the democratic way, the way of the Democrat, the DNC, uh, you know, the great hope of, of Bill Clinton, you know. But Bill Clinton put in the three strikes were out, you know, things like that. And it's going insane there's a problem. There needs to be another way. You know, we can't put all our hopes in politicians. They're going to let us down. And so as well spoken and eloquent as, as Bill Clinton was, he did some things that really hurt America. Now he has later repented for that and said he made the wrong decision, but he was more hard on crime, uh, especially African-Americans than, than Reagan was. And so we have to face those facts, you know, kids in cages, but we also have to remember that, that those cages were built by Obama and Biden you know so we've got this thing I, right now I think we got have someone who's just not capable of being a president honestly I, I've never voted for a Republican but if the Republicans put up another another candidate and Trump stepped out of the out of the out of the fold I would look at it I'm just going to just be honest I would look at that candidate and say maybe because honestly I, I'm not totally thrilled with my choices at this point um you know I, I hope that we can have someone who's capable in the office that can at least do a press conference when the world is falling apart and do reach out to all of us as Americans and and at least encourage us to unite to have conversations to find a way to solve our problems that don't tear one another apart and continue to divide us because this isn't the country I want, you know um. I'm glad that people are 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 standing up i'm glad people are protesting i'm glad that these things are happening um but i just don't want to be in such a divided country it really breaks my heart and it really breaks my heart how how dualistic thinking has has just caused us to to be blind to our own faults and blind to anything positive from other folks and that we can't that we can't think outside of this dualistic structure that's been created through politics, I mean, we are Christians. We are not politicians. You know, we, we if we follow Christ, we do not follow politics. Why would we put our faith and hope in men who are who are controlling armies to fight and kill other people? You know, that's not what you know, that's why I liked Senator John Lewis is because he went into the system to change the system. He didn't, wasn't able to change it as probably in many ways he wanted to. But also, if you see the picture of him embracing Obama he got to see some of the fruits of his work which is amazing and beautiful Um, but where it's so divided uh, that I hope we can change and I hope like Luke Skywalker we can find a different way you know Um, I hope honestly I don't want Donald Trump to be the president for four more years um, but I hope that maybe there's a Luke Skywalker in his life that drags him along you know and shows him some grace that maybe even he's not beyond repentance.
0: So, um, it's a positive message, you
1: know. But I know we can do it in. I know we can do it in the church. But we've got to stop the us and them mentality. It's just not biblical. And if we want to follow this idea of Christianity, it's not Christianity that we're following when we get caught up in these dualistic politics. Because there's always a third way and Christ pointed to that third way and Luke Skywalker has pointed us to that third way so thank you Luke I'll be Han Solo still I'll be jaded <laughs> but in the, for, uh, in, 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 in the Force Awakens you see, you see a moment where Han Solo goes you know I used to think it was all garbage but it's true all of it the Force the Jedi it's true and he has this moment of revelation and it's really this cool moment but at the same time, he's still gone back to his old ways and doing his old things. But he's realized that that it's real, and there's a different way to do it. And then at one point, someone was like, they go to attack this base with Han Solo and another character, and he's like, "We'll just use the Force." <laughs> and Han Solo goes, the, "That's not how the Force works." So it's really interesting, even mm, yeah. even you know, Han Solo gets in Coming on them, to on, on, on theology.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so anyway,
0: you know, I say. Get rid of politics and get into Paul.
1: Ah, Paul. Yes. Read and some Galatians. Have, yes. Read some Galatians. So there is my hope for the future through, through, uh, reform of the Jedi. I,
0: I and, like that. uh, it's a good title.
1: So there you go. I hope you enjoyed nerding out with me a little bit today. And, uh, at least I didn't talk about the Matrix, you know, like every other preacher. So, <laughs> so we're, we're going to look into our feedback and see what the feedback is. And, um... And see what my, my co-host, Caleb, has to say.
0: Well, um... About John Lewis, Zoe said, We lost a giant. He also kept Jesus, which is amazing. A hero. Um... Roberta said He left us with a Roadmap of a fight We cannot let go Just because he's not physically here yes, He was a perfect example Of persistence And how to overcome His persistence And how to overcome uh, Let's see Lots of uh, just little Agreements with you Zoe says here for this so much love Greg says, uh, yes, as our fathers, mothers, and forefathers taught us, amen. I'm not sure what that's in response to. Zoe so says, fi- fighting alongside you, comrade. I'm writing Star Trek fan fiction right now, so I'm here for the nerding. Nice. Well, Greg has a, um, a little bit of controversial opinion. He says, Chewy is cooler. I don't know what that's all about. Sounds like a troll to me. <laughs> uh,. Let's see here. Lots of little comments about Star Wars. I used to play Star Wars with the boy I babysat as a teen, says Christy. Then I played it with my son later in life. Uh, Zoe is just loving this Star Wars stuff going on and on and on. Um, this is so much fun. Wait, Darth Vader is his dad. Where's the spoiler alert that time? <laughs> uh, Let's see here comments about Oedipus. Zoe so says, deep and hilarious. Extremely entertaining and the content is hitting. You guys are killing it. Lots of little pats on the back.
1: Oh, that's very nice.
0: Um, I felt very insecure about this talk today. <laughs> I didn't even have a book out. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. And then, you know what's funny? This is like the one time in like months that I've actually brought up my physical Bible. And there was no Bible! <laughs> um... The third path, or the third road, let's not kill Dad, says, yep. says Greg, who is my father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please. And then he says, or the son. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> so, says, laser swords are phallic, space holes are vulvic. Thank, yes, thank you, Zo. thank you, Zo. Yes, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be my own Christian. I'm aiming for... Mr Rogers, John Lewis, J Baker, Caroline Langford, Brandon Manning, Henry Newen, yep. Madeline Langle, I don't know I'm sorry, I don't know that one. And MLK. Amen, Pastor J, let's follow the word third way together to thanks. Um Now we need an amazing graphic for reform of the Jedi. Maybe Luke Skywalker dressed as a monk, putting ninety nine slips of paper into the Jedi suggestion box. Uh, about my Old Testament comment, Cheryl said, "Good word, Caleb." Oh my God, I'm loving this. Jay says, "Zoe,
1: we have a Revolution Empire Strikes Back pen
0: Yeah, we sure do. We need to bust that one out. We need to bust out a lot of merch. Maybe we J. should get that. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Maybe we should get that. Maybe we should try to do a, reform of the Jedi.
0: Yeah, we could. We have some graphic artists that uh, have volunteered their.
1: Yeah, skills. Maybe we should do that for this talk.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thanks Jay Baker You're amazing says Amanda I know very little about Star Wars Now I have to ask my husband questions <laughs> The Bible is your lightsaber The sword of the spirit yep, The lightsaber of, of the, the spirit, spirit And the the hood of righteousness I
1: always have my Bible in my backpack And I, it's so funny I have so many of my friends I'm Like you still carry that with you I'm like yeah bro I never go around unarmed. Yeah,
0: hey, Hey so. Welcome to the gun show well Uh hold on A couple, couple more couple more Uh my 14 year old son This is Christy again Said Oh heard you say Star Wars And hung out for a bit He's preaching about Star Wars Okay That's pretty cool <laughs> That's Go my, Jay That's my audience Um Enjoyed it Jay Says Brian Thanks for this Pretty certain I've seen none of the Star Trek film Okay well See none of the Star Trek films. Alas, the theme of grace still came through. Thank you. Cool. Are we done? I think that's about it. Well, everyone,
1: this is funny because I used to. Oh. S-
0: what? Sorry, it, I could have waited for after. But we need to promote the Q and A with Jay thing. We need to record that next week when you don't have okay. the kids. Okay, we're doing some questions to uh, questions for revolution at Gmail.
1: Questions for revolution at Gmail. We're doing q and A Q&A with Jay. So if you want to do. Questions with me, go to questions
0: for revolution. For
1: revolution at gmail. And if you have questions, I will answer your questions. So please check that out. Um, if you want to put the little link down there, yeah, uh, good idea. We'll do that. So as I used to sign some of my books when I did my first book signing, because I was still a Star Wars nerd, I would write, Grace be with you always. Because they would always say, May the force be with you, always. So today I leave you with that. So May the force be with you, and may grace be with you always. Thank you.
0: We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. If you like that, you might enjoy the Loosen the Bible Belt podcast with Jay Baker and me, Kristen Becker.
1: So my mind was just being blown and then we invaded Afghanistan and what really affected me was like I saw the statistics of our military people who were, you know, losing their lives over there and, you know, every one I thought of the parents, you know, what they were going through. I, I was very fresh for me. I knew what they were feeling. So I'm just getting very absorbed with the whole 9-11 thing. And then the rhetoric started coming out about uh, Islamophobic rhetoric about how horrible Muslims were that, you know, they're all terrorists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just wasn't buying it. So that's i started thinking about it and the the weird thing was that 10 years later the anti-muslim sentiment and even hate crimes are higher than they were right after 9-11 and so that's when i decided it was time to speak up for my friends and i wasn't a christian anymore really i mean it was was a long process moving out of it
0: i guess that really depends on how people define christian right because it
1: sounds to me like you were becoming more of a christian
0: (laughs) well true (laughs) in the truest sense That was a post-Christian podcast.